Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the We're going to be in the book of Joshua again today, and uh, I want to kind of continue um, in that book, just kind of in a different direction. Um, we all know Christmas is just around the corner, amen? Who's excited about that? All right, good, good. I, I'm excited. How many of you are excited for Christmas? I mean, are you excited? Good, good. I am too. Uh, how many of you are expecting something for Christmas? How many of you are going to be sorely disappointed if you don't get something for Christmas? I am expecting. I have an expectant heart. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about living with expectancy. Living with expectancy. Uh, and really creating a heart and a mind of expectancy that is going to lead you to uh, a miracle in your life. Uh, miraculous things in your life. You know, it always starts with uh, expectant heart. That's where, that's where miracles are birthed. In the, in the middle of an expectant heart, expectant mind. And I've been thinking a lot about miracles lately. I do feel like God is setting the stage, really, for some miraculous things to take place. And I want to see some miracles take place, don't you? Amen. I want to see some things like that transpire in my life. I, I believe that Jesus was a God of the miraculous. But I also believe that He is the God of the miraculous. I don't think it's just something that we get to read about in Scripture, although that's wonderful. I think it's something that God has for us today. And I believe He wants to do some miracles for some people in this church. Some miracles for you. I truly believe that. And so for those of you that are looking for God to do something miraculous for you, I want to encourage you to keep on believing and moving toward that miracle. Don't, don't let go of it. Until you grab hold of it. Amen? Don't let go of believing and just walking toward that. You know, it's about activating your forward faith until you find yourself right in the middle of the miracle that you're seeking. And I just encourage you to do that. Uh, like I said, the key to the miraculous is a heart of expectancy. John Warrior said this last week before he and Jen sang, and it was well said last week when he asked this question. If Jesus met us, at the level of our expectancy, would that be enough for the miracle we need? Think about that again. Let me say it again to you. If Jesus met us at our level of expectancy, at the place that I'm currently expecting God to work in my life, would that be enough for the miracle that I need in my life? Because I believe that a reality of life is that our expectancy sets the ceiling for possibilities. The, the, the expectancy that we have and that we live with and, and the desire that we have, the, the dreams that we have, the vision that we have, it sets the ceiling for possibilities in my life. And, and if I have a low expectation level, if I, if I can only believe God or see these kinds of things happen in my life and I'm living way down here, guess what? I'm never going to rise above the level that I set in my life. And so it sets a ceiling for me. And so I want to set that ceiling up high so that if I reach for the ceiling at least, least I'm not going to be disappointed in the outcome that I do actually receive in my life. It sets the high end of what is possible for you and for me. And that's not to say, listen, I would be wrong to, to let you believe or, or to make you think that you always get what you expect because that's not the case. Only, the only time we get what we expect is when we expect nothing. 
And if, and if we expect nothing, you're going to get that every single time. That, you can be sure of that. And so if you set a really low bar and you expect nothing in your life, guess what? You're going to nail that every single time. But there's times when we have high expectations and we don't always get what we expect. But the higher we aim, the likelier we are to getting something that is more profound and more miraculous and more, more amazing for our lives. So many people refuse to set high expectations because of fear of disappointment. I'm afraid if I expect that to happen in my life and I long for that and I want that and, and I desire that and I dream about that that I'm going to be disappointed. That's a possibility. It's always a possibility. But you're never going to have anything that you don't reach for. You're never going to accomplish anything that you don't set a high bar for and you don't work towards. So many refuse to set those high expectations because I don't want to be disappointed. I'm tired of being disappointed. And so many people would rather live with a low or no expectations because they consider the pain of disappointment too big of a risk to take. I don't want to be disappointed. It's too big of a risk. I don't want to give my heart to something. I don't want to open my mind to possibilities. I don't want to believe that things can be different because if they're not different, I'm afraid I couldn't live with the disappointment that comes from that. Listen, without risk, there is no reward. So don't let the fear of disappointment keep you from living with a heart of expectancy. Expectancy is fertile ground for hope. Without hope in our lives, we don't have a lot to live for, church. we got to be hoping for some things and looking for some things. Without expectancy, hope can't grow. And without hope, there is no joy. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to get a little joy. Amen. This is the joy, season of joy, right? Let's have a little joy in our lives. Let's have a little hope in our lives. Life without hope. Without joy is a miserable, miserable life. So let's live with some expectancy. Father, I ask that you would just help me this morning as we just go through this text today. I ask that, Father, you would just move and touch in in, in my life today. Help me to communicate, Lord, what you're wanting to say through me to this crowd today. I pray that, Lord, you would touch our hearts and minds this morning. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I told you to turn to Joshua, but I really meant Matthew. I don't know what I was doing in Joshua this morning. i got a lot of different things going on, and so my mind gets crossways sometimes. Matthew chapter 9 is where we're going to be today. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. And this is a story of a miracle where um, two men uh, are needing God to do something big in their life. Two men, that God, they need God to do something big in their life. And it says in verse 27, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Even though the scripture here does not go into a lot of detail about these men, I think there's some safe assumptions that we can make about them. There's a few things that we can assume about them. First of all, it says that they were men, so we know they were adults. And because they were adults, they had probably had dealt with this condition for a while in their lives. Chances are they were probably born that way and had lived the majority of their life as blind men. Because they were blind, we can also assume that life was hard for them. That it was a difficult thing for them to live, especially in the time and age that they were living. They were probably poor. They probably spent their days begging for people to have mercy on them and give them something. And so every single day of their life was a big struggle, largely because they were blind and 
That's just their lot in life. Another thing that we can assume about them is that they're dissatisfied with their current conditions. They're not loving life right now. And, and they're, they're just thinking, that you know, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be some answers to the problems that we're facing. You know, I, I hope that if you're not loving the life you're living, that you're living with a little expectation that God can change some things for you and He can make some differences in your life that will give you a life that accesses joy and gives you some hope and gives you something to wake up every morning looking forward to rather than waking up every morning and thinking, oh my goodness, another day of the same old, same old. I wouldn't live like that. I wouldn't stay like that. I encourage you this morning. If that's the life you're living today, God doesn't want that for you. He wants something better for you. And so he's saying to you this morning, get some expectation in your heart. Start believing for something different. Start hoping for some change in your life and then let God bring it to you this morning. They were dissatisfied with their current conditions. And so here's the first point I want to make today is that we have to raise our level of expectancy. Raise our level of expectancy. That is to say, I will act and think as though I believe he will. Not that he might or he could, but I believe he will. He is a God that will do something for me. We know the men in our story raised their level of expectancy. How do we know that? Because the passage says they followed him and cried out to him saying, Have mercy on us. There came a point in their life when dissatisfaction with the status quo created a desire for change. i got to have something different. I can't go on like this any longer. I'm not living like this another day without trying to make some efforts to see some change take place in my life. It says that they followed him. In other words, they were seeking answers and they were on that journey to find the change that they were dissatisfied with in their life. I want some change. One of them, one day, looks at the other one and says, we got to do something about this. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of going to the gate every day and begging people for money and just barely getting enough to just live on each and every day. We've got to do something different. There has to be more than this. There has to be an answer out there somewhere. And so they started seeking. They came into agreement with one another and they started seeking. As they are seeking, they hear about Jesus. And then they start pursuing Him. You know, at some point, you or someone in your situation has to take the lead in that situation. Someone in that situation has to decide that there has to be more to life than this. Someone has to decide that my dissatisfaction with the status quo is greater than the fear of taking a risk. I'm going to do something different today. I'm going to live differently this morning. I'm going to make a different choice today. I'm going to go find a different answer today. I'm going to look for someone who has a solution for my life. I'm going after the answer this morning. I'm going after it. I'm just going to go for it. Don't you know that the other one, there's, got, there's always another one, right? There's, the other guy is always the one, he's like, you know, hey, let's just go back to the gate. We got enough yesterday to live on. Let's just, let's don't do anything like that. Let's, let's don't go and let's don't harass this man. We don't know nothing about Jesus. We don't know nothing about this. What if, what if something bad happens? What if, what if something different takes place in our life? What if we're bothering him and they throw us in jail? Or, you know, what if all these things happen? What if, what if, what if? But one says, I believe he will. He's raising his level of expectancy. He says, I'm going after the answer. 
I'm going after the answer. I'm going to pursue Him. I'm going to chase after Him. I'm not going to let go until I grab hold of what I need in my life that needs to be different. You know, when someone loses their job and they need provision in their life, you know, God is a God of provision. He certainly is. There's no question about that. But there's also, God has an expectation as well. And His expectation for you is that you do everything that you can within your power and trust Him to do everything that you can't do within your power. He'll do what you can't, but you've got to do what you can. And so these guys, even though Jesus was the answer for them, even though Jesus was the one that could heal their lives, they still had a part to play. They had to make up their mind. They had to do a different, they had to follow a different pattern that morning. They had to get up and go a different route that day. They had to start pursuing him and start seeking after him. And once they did, they found him. We oftentimes sit back and we, we know God is a God of provision, but we treat him like a sugar daddy instead of a God of provision. Come on, somebody. I'll sit here, God, and you take care of my needs. I'll stay here, and God, you work everything out for me. And God says, I'll work it out for you when you start working some things out for yourself. When you start moving with me and you start seeking after me, then you'll find me, and I promise you I'll be there with the answer. We know as Christians that Jesus is the answer. We know He's the answer. So pursuing Him is always the solution. I said pursuing Him is always the solution. When I follow after Him and when I pursue Him, I am always chasing my miracle. I I encourage you this morning. I hope some of you that are hungry for some change in your life, that are looking for something different in your life, I encourage you to start chasing after your miracle this morning. Start getting a hold of Jesus. Start seeking after Him. Start finding a place where you can just really pray and go after Him this morning. Because when you do that, you are chasing down the very miracle that you need in your life. But Jesus isn't going to come to you. He expects you to get up and go to Him a little bit. And then once you start walking His way, guess what? He'll start walking your way. And somewhere in the middle, you'll meet and there in the middle of that you'll find the miracle that you need for your life raise your level of expectancy raising your level of expectancy begins with getting a vision for more when I start dreaming and envisioning change my journey toward change begins it's in that moment that I start to lift that level of expectation and create a new ceiling of possibilities for my life You know, you've heard it said many times in Scripture, you have not because you ask not, right? But I would go a bit further and I would say, you have not because you ask not and you ask not because you dream not. I'm afraid to dream, Pastor. I'm afraid to believe for something. I'm afraid to trust God for something. I'm I'm afraid that what I dream of and what I think about may not actually come to pass. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, he will, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone, somebody say everybody. Everybody, everybody everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. We treat God like His Scripture is just for a select few. But the reality is it's for everybody. It's for everyone. Getting a vision 
for me requires me to raise my level of thinking. i got to start thinking differently. The biggest reason that people don't experience more out of life is because they li- they, the life they live is the only life they ever know. It's the only life I've known. It's the only life that I, I know exists. I don't know of any other kind of life. And so I don't know how to raise my level of expectation or my level of thinking because this, what I'm living in, is the only thing I've ever seen and the only thing that I've ever experienced. I would challenge you today to know something different. <laughs> know something different. If this is all you've ever known, then it's time to know something different. Regardless of where you're at right now and regardless of where you are in your journey, it's still time to know something different. Get educated. Get a new experience. The only thing holding us back is the level of thinking that we currently have. The excuses that we've chosen to believe. The lies we've chosen to believe and so on. Spend time with people that are doing it better than you. And let their life be vision for your life. Raise your level of thinking. What are you dwelling on? What are you spending your mind on? Colossians 3.1 says this, If then we are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. God, help me set my mind on higher things this morning. Create in me a desire for more and raise my level of expectancy. Verse 27, look at it again. It says, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. The first point was to raise your level of expectancy. The second point is this, that you have to speak at your level of expectancy. I confess he will. Not only do I believe He will, I confess He will. Speak at your level of expectancy this morning, church, not at your level of reality. Let that simmer in for just a second. Speak at your level of expectancy, not at your level of reality. Too many times we speak at our level of reality, continually defining what is and what already exists instead of defining a new reality for our lives. Well, every day it's this and that and the other. Every day I get up and this is what my life looks like and we tell the same story over and over again instead of speaking some new life and defining a new reality for our lives. Romans 4.17 says, God, The God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. It's talking about speaking a new reality. Faith confession. When we talk about faith and, and speaking Uh, at that level of expectancy, faith confession is not a denial of reality. It is faith spoken in the face of reality. It doesn't deny what is. It simply says, I know what is today, but I know what also can be. And I'm going to believe that what is is not always going to be that way. And that someday things are going to be different in my life. I'm looking for them now. I'm hoping for them today. If they don't happen today, I'm going to get up the next morning with the same level of expectation. And I'm going to speak the same possible things. And I'm going to just go after it and after it until I finally get a hold of something different. 
What world, let me ask you this morning, what world is your tongue creating for you to live in? (coughs) What world is your tongue creating for you to live in? What are you saying over your household? What are you saying over your workplace? What are you saying over your marriage? What are you saying over your family? What are you saying over your church? What are you saying over your community? Because whatever you're saying is the world you're creating. You are defining a world that you're now living in. And so it is incumbent upon us that we speak life into that situation and we declare some new things to take place. Faith recognizes reality. Otherwise it is denial. But it, is, it says regardless of reality, I believe God can do something different. I believe God can do this. And I will continue to believe He can do it until it's done. One of the things that God's been saying to us around here a lot at church is speak to your mountain. That's been on my heart a lot. Speak to your mountain. Speak to your mountain. Declare something different. Tell that mountain. You know, the men's mountain in our text was their blindness. That was a mountain in their life. That was something that they got up every day and had to look at and deal with and face every single day of their life. It was there. It was glaring at them. It was taunting them. It was making a mockery of their lives. It was holding them down, holding them back, keeping them out. It was stopping them from everything that God really wanted for their lives. It was in the way. The mountain was their blindness. It was standing between them and the future that they envisioned. But they started speaking change. And when they started following after Jesus and asking Him to have mercy on them, they started speaking to that mountain again when Jesus asked them, Do you believe? And they say, Yes, Lord, we believe. Do you believe He can? Do you believe He can? If you do, then start confessing that He will. Whatever your mountain is, you have to talk to that mountain. And you have to tell it change is coming. Somebody needs to get a little bit of just fight in you this morning. I I just I pray God put some fight in the hearts of people. That when they wake up and their conditions are not ideal. When you got some mountains standing in front of you in life, that you get up fist clenched jaw jutted and you look at that mountain and you say you may be standing in front of me today but there's going to come a day soon where you're not going to be there I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to taunt you back and I'm going to declare a different reality in my life than that change is coming change is coming Something's different for me. Something's about to change for me. You may be standing in my way this morning, but there's going to come a day when the sun is going to rise on my life and I'm going to look out that day and there ain't going to be a mountain in my way anymore. Something's going to change. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says, whatever he speaks. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you speak when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Listen closely to me this morning. Change does not happen solely based on what we believe, but also on what we confess. Change does not take place based solely on what you believe, but also on what you confess. You can believe one thing and confess another, 
and you get what you confess, not what you believe. Make sure that you're confessing what you are believing and Jesus says you'll have what you confess. Confession either supports or undermines your belief. And so many times, this is what happens to us. This is the classic tale of most Christians is that we come into the altar with belief and faith and know that God is able and God is willing and God desires to do something different in my life. And I come down here and I pray about it. And I truly believe that God can change my situation. There's not a a faith problem in the situation. But what happens to me is I leave and I get discouraged or I get frustrated or I get, um, you know, something happens that throws a kink in what I'm believing. And then suddenly I start confessing something that is counter to what I have said I believe. And my confession is undermining my belief rather than supporting it and pushing me towards what God's trying to bring me to. So the prayer looks like this. God, this is what I have today. But I believe you're the answer. And I believe that you have something different for me than this. I believe He will. And I confess He will. Therefore, I know He will. Speak at your level of expectancy. Verse 29 says, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it, be ma- let it be to you. The last point I want to make is this. Prepare at your level of expectation. Raise your level of expectation. Speak at your level of expectation. And prepare at your level of expectancy. I prepare like he will. Wouldn't it stand to reason that the same level of thinking the same actions that has maintained this level of living cannot help me get to a new level of living. Wouldn't that stand to reason that if I continue to do what I've always done, I'm going to get what I've always gotten. And so if there's going to be change in my life, something has to shift. Something has to change. There has to be some different actions. There has to be some different thinking. There has to be some different words spoken. For the blind men in our text, they, if they had just continued getting up Every day the same way, saying the same things, thinking the same things, doing the same things. They would have the same thing. But today was different. They decided to think something different. They decided to say something different. They decided to do something different. And they received something different. Their day of different came because they started preparing at their level of expectancy. Their faith was activated to produce a miracle in their lives because of their preparation. They prepared, they started getting ready for change to take place, and as a result of that, change began to take place. A lot of the preparation that we need to make is not external, it's internal. There's some things we can do on the outside, of course. But most of the change and preparation that we have to get ready for starts up here. It starts in here. It starts in our heart and our mind more than actions. Actions are important as well, but the heart and mind are critical because they determine our actions. Their preparation for change in their lives was a change of the heart and a change of the mind. It was getting their heart and mind prepared for the possibility that Jesus could meet their need and that He was willing to do so. You're praying for God to do something different in your life. Start preparing for it. You've got to start preparing for that now. You've got to get ready. You've got to get ready for today. You've got to get ready today for what God's trying to do for you tomorrow. 
Start getting your life in order. Start getting things put in place. Start preparing like you're ready to receive. If you're praying for God to give you a baby, start preparing for that baby. If you're, if you're praying for God to give you a job, start preparing for that job. Set your alarm. Get up. Get dressed. In the morning, be ready to go. I'm praying for God to heal my body. Start preparing for what life will be like once you're healed. Well, Pastor, I, I'd like to believe that, but I just don't know. It's faith and action. It requires some preparation. Faith and action is fertile ground for the miraculous to take place. Faith and action is fertile ground for the miraculous to take place. Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles this morning. But expectancy without action lies dormant. Just like moving water. If it doesn't move, it becomes stagnant. Moving faith that doesn't move will become stagnant. Moving faith doesn't become stagnant. Stagnant water is a breeding ground for impurities. Stagnant faith is a breeding ground for impurities. It allows disappointment. It allows discouragement to grow because it's just sitting there dormant and it's not doing anything. It needs to be activated. Keep your faith moving. Do something. Do something. You know, I, I just I picture in my mind the rest of the story, so to speak. And these blind men, you know, you have one dissenter and you have one that's full of hope. And, and he's saying, you know, we've got to do something different. You know, I'm, I'm looking for something different in my life. Well, you know, we just go back to doing what we've always done and, and life's going to be okay. Well, at least we've got each other and at least we've got this and we've got that. You know, no. Start preparing for what you believe in. And, and that guy one day says, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm doing something different today. It may work, it may not work, but I guarantee you this ain't working and I'm going to do something different with my life. What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? You're risking a little disappointment for possible life change that could set you on a course for a whole different situation. You keep your faith active by preparing for what you are believing and speaking It's going to happen for you. God will lead you to your miracle that you're looking for. Prepare at your level of expectancy. Lauren, would you come? Raise your level of expectancy. Speak at that level of expectancy and prepare at that level of expectancy. When I believe God will and confess He will and prepare like He will, guess what? He will. He will. He will. He is a God that desires to do good things for you. And He will do it for you. The Word of God tells me, and I keep hearing this scripture in my mind as I'm preaching this, that He is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of persons. And so you can't alienate yourself from the presence of God. He's no respecter of persons. He loves you right where you are. He loves you in the mess you're in. He loves you in the perfect conditions that you're in. He loves you no matter what. He loves you and He's fighting for you and He wants to work for you and He wants to do something big for you. He'll do it for you. Would you stand with me across this place? I just feel like that there's some people in the room today that just has some mountains in their way. 
Some of it has to do with a level of thinking that just needs to shift. It need, there needs to be some shifting in our thinking. We need a new paradigm of thought. We need God to give us some new thoughts and new ideas. But there's a mountain standing in front of you And every day you get up, that mountain mocks you. That mountain tells you you can't. That mountain tells you you'll never will. It tells you things that are impossible over and over and over again. But that mountain is in your way and you need a mountain to move this morning. I'm going to invite you to come. I want to pray for you today. And I want to ask God to begin to work in that situation and begin to move that mountain out of your life. Would you come? If you're here and you need a mountain to move, I want to invite you to come. You're here, you can say, Pastor, I need a miracle. I need a bona fide miracle to take place in my life. If God doesn't do this, I don't know what I'm going to do. You sound like you're in a place for a miracle to me. So if you need a miracle this morning, would you come? You need your mountain move, would you come? Let God do it this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed across this room. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I don't know, I don't know Him as Savior. I don't have that daily relationship with Him. I, I've not pursued Him. I've not sought after Him. I, I've not cultivated and built a relationship with Jesus. But today, I feel something in my heart calling for me and pushing me to open my heart so that He can be a part of it. I would say to you this morning that Jesus desires more than anything to have a relationship with you. So much that He left all of heaven and He came and He lived on this earth. He died on the cross. He was bruised and beaten just so that He could have a relationship with you. I would go as far to say that because He's God, that when He was on that cross, He was thinking about you. He was thinking about every single one of us in this room today. He was thinking about every person that would ever be born in this world. He was thinking about all humanity. He was thinking about you. And so He loves you that much. And so if you're here and you say, Pastor, I want to start a relationship with Jesus... Would you just simply raise your hand and put it right back down? I'm not going to embarrass you or ask you to do anything besides that. I just want you to simply signify today and say, that's me. I need to give my heart to Christ. I need to begin a relationship with Jesus. I need to live for Him. If that's you, would you just simply raise your hand and put it right back down there? Would there be one? Yes, amen. Would there be another in this room that says, that's me. I need Jesus. I can't do this without Him. I don't want to do this anymore without Him. Would you just simply let me know by slipping your hand up and put it right back down. Yes, amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for these that have raised their hand this morning. Your word tells us that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if we confess our sins and our mistakes and our failures to you, that you would forgive us, you would clean us from all unrighteousness, and God, you would make us whole. And that you would begin a relationship with us, God, from this day forward. Lord, your word tells us that old things are passed away and all things become new when we give our lives to you. And so, Father, this morning, those that are seeking after you, those that want to begin a relationship, I just encourage them, Father, to begin to just 
ask you to be a part of their life. Would you do that this morning? Would you just simply say, Jesus, I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to forgive me. I'm asking for your forgiveness. I'm asking for you to lead me and direct me from this moment on. I'm asking for you to be a partner with me in life. I don't want to do this alone. I want to do this with you. And so simply to receive him as your Lord this morning. When we call upon him, we are saved. We are saved. Lord, I thank you for these that have given their life to you, that have committed their life to you, Lord. We praise you for that this morning. In Jesus' name. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore. You say, come to the river.